Okay, let's get into this. Yeah, let's get into this. Thank you so much. Let the good times continue to roll. Um, thank you. It's the first time that I've been reprimanded for wearing <laughs> a mask of sorts. But then I'm only semi-guilty. Be that is it may, I'll deal with this. Yes, here we go. Okay. Uh, I would like to, to make well use of our time. So uh, I remind all of us, this is not the time of the week in our culture when we sit in church or the time of the week when some dude with the lab affair of the mic takes over the show. This is, now is the time of the fulfillment of promises. I want to get into the thick of things now immediately. What I would like to put to you is that God wants to fast track a number of promises. The fulfillment of promises need to be fast tracked. The problem is not with the giver. The problem is with the receiver. And uh, do not be concerned. I'm not going to take any one of us. I'm not your local guilt trip guide. That's going to make you feel bad about yourself as to why you haven't received. I'm here to be of assistance. It's not going to be the exhaustive list, but the stuff that I will be sharing will be of assistance. So that we can, that we can receive. That we can receive. Call it Christmas in November, double, double whammies, bonus week, whatever. Now is the time for that. <clears throat> and although I don't want to limit God, in any way, is if he wants to do something completely new now, so be it. And I, I trust that he will also do so. But that is not the, the first emphasis. You will see what my first emphasis will be. So allow the word of God to download in your heart now. Do not interrupt uh, or disrupt or interrupt it in your mind now. I'm not saying that you are rude. But it's not of assistance. So allow it to download. You see, when you download something, well, these days it takes a bit quicker. So I'll venture to be as quick as possible. And I release patience. And I release also any expectation of boredom. That gets a big roundhouse kick now. Uh, expectations of we won't be bored. And I will not test your your patience, but let the word download into your heart. None of you have got expectations of viruses, that you will be downloading a virus, because you've asked God not for a snake or a stone. So let it, let it just download. Forget about anyone around you or your thinking later today. God is here to do things for you here, right now, in a fast-track manner. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. We pray that the word of the Lord will run swiftly and be glorified. Lord, thank you that you will, that you will take up time that has been wasted, that you will fast-track things, that you will enlarge our hearts, that we will open our mouths, as it were, and receive deeply and strongly now. Thank you. Uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 20. Oh, by the way, what I will do is, uh, in, as a venture to, to not to, to take up a necessary time, I'm not going to read each and every scripture. Uh, I'll paraphrase most of it, and, uh, but if there's anything that you would like the scripture or the reference cited later on, uh, I'll be happy to, to do so. Acts 17 21, in the King James states, For the Athenians and strangers, which where they spent their time and nothing else, but either to tell or to hear something new. So that is Greek culture, that's Western culture, that is um, type of attention deficit disorder, where one is forever seeking something new. And yes, the word of the Lord is fresh. The word of the Lord is, brings new things. And I've, I've expressed all those qualifications as to not to, to, to limit that. But what I'm specifically interested in today 
is to address those things. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will remind you of things which I've already said. Uh, in 2 Timothy 1, 18, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Timothy, by the prophecies which have already been made, okay, that's my insertion, fight the good war. So I trust that the Holy Spirit will remind words which is whispered, which is, uh, which is whispered in the dark or which is proclaimed even in public and, and, and places like this, that it will resuscitate and put the emphasis on those words, even on those prophetic words. And if no one has ever prophesied over you, today is the day. It's very simple. It will come. You'll, you'll get something that you'll be able to fight the good fight of, of faith. Also in, in um, 1 Corinthians 15.2, it says, If you keep in memory that what was already preached, it will have a saving effect on you. Uh, likewise, in 2 Peter 1.12, Peter wrote and he said, I will not be negligent to remind you of the things which you already know and that you already established in the truth. So things which you already know, promises that have already been made, now is the time, and I trust that the Holy Spirit will remind and he will take things off and he will help one to receive in a fast-tracked fast manner. Um, in Hebrews 10, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which had great recompense with reward. For, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You might receive the promise, and there are all sorts of promises. And we, we know in 2 Corinthians 1.20, Jesus, or it's mentioned of Jesus, that in Jesus, all the promises a yes and amen in him. So, well, the self-same Jesus, he said that for anyone who's lost family, houses, or given up that, there will be a recompense or, uh, in this life and in the life to come, other things. So what I'm specifically interested in, in addressing, is promises, dreams, legitimate things from God, which perhaps have been gathering dust, and one has thought it's not going to happen. It's not, for, for whatever reason, it is not in, taken in reception. Because as I've indicated earlier, the problem is not with God's giving. The difficulty, there is an element, an art to receiving. Uh, I hope that I will make it much simpler today, that we will be able to receive quicker and simpler and more from God. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, it says that God is able to do more abundantly above that we expect. So now is the time for the Holy Spirit to help us to increase our esteem of God and to receive more. Today is the day of receiving. So, so there are many things. So let's... And I will be sharing some stuff that just... Uh, phrases that the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart, particularly over the period of lockdown, because there was more time to be quiet and there was more need for Holy Spirit to, to drop ideas and thoughts into one's mind. So I'll take it from, from that. Um, oh, by the way, at this point in time, I'm taking up uh, an offering and... Uh, <laughs> I'm changing the, the liturgy and the dash is directly after I've gone from that, I'll, I'll go back into, into our promises. But financial things and economic things form part of, of that what we expect. So before we go into, into responding into an offering, receive some, some ideas from, from, from the word in that regard. 
and then we'll get back later as to how to receive. Because one cannot actually in any event uh, offer something which is not uh, that you haven't received. Even if you go into your credit card, <laughs> you've still received that credit card. Okay. The one thing that <clears throat> at the outset of, of lockdown, the Holy Spirit gave me this very clear thing. It says, and so to sow in a time of famine. So, and I've read, I've read that, but it was not in my recent memory. Um, so I had, had to do a quick Google. And in Genesis chapter 26, it says, and there was a famine in the land. And then, then Isaac, at verse 12 of Genesis chapter 26, and Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And that was great. And that was April. So it's wonderful. And come end of April, because that's how it worked in, in, in my particular uh, vocation or, or, or business, things were semi-normal. So that was great. But I didn't know that we were really in the time of, of famine. So this word stood me in good stead. And this word also challenged me from time to time during, during that time, particularly during the, the harder days and the, the hangover. Let me use that word advisedly, the hangover, of, the hangover effect of, of lockdown. But it says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regarded the clouds will not reap. So giving is a faith action. It is investment. So I want to be abundantly clear. In, in giving unto to God or giving unto people is something which is sweet. Jesus himself has quoted in Acts that it's more blessed to give than to receive. But it is a, an investment exercise. And an investment exercise does have a couple of elements to it. One element is there's an element of risk or faith. So, and there's also a phrase that, that the Holy Spirit put in my mind and that I would like to share, and that is, take me upon my word. Take me upon my word is just a different invitation to have faith. Because if I tell you, Philip, have faith, immediately it puts, automatically does put some sort of an expectation on one. Okay, I need to have faith. So I'm, I'm toying with words, but the word gave me this word, so let me share it then. And that is to take God upon his word. So it puts the emphasis or the onus the performance clause, away from us. It puts the expectation with us and it puts the performance clause upon God. So, uh, to take God upon his word. So, and this thing of, of it is an investment. Let it, be, let it be said loud and clear. If you give unto God, have an expectation of a return. Have an expectation of, an, uh, of a return. And a return on all sorts of things. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the proverbial choir, but it's still necessary to know that if finances offend you, that one is in the company of Judas Iscariot. Because giving was also offensive to him. And even to this day, people who talk of, of the poor and giving to the poor and taking people who have on guilt trips are actually corrupt because he was also corrupt. So it also actually fits with this recurring theme, uh, theme rather that there's nothing new under the sun. So we are not of those who are offended. We are of those who accept the, exp the invitation to invest in the kingdom. Now... Uh, if I can just pause on this, and it will also set, because money is actually easy. Once, you know, money is an interesting thing. Once there's nothing, and then 
then there's something. All of us also know the converse, but that's not going to be of assistance to tell you that the one day there was lots of money in your account and the second day of the month there was nothing. That's, that's, that's nothing new and you didn't travel all this time to, to hear that type of thing. But likewise, there's nothing and then, some, then there's something. So there's, I believe, and I've, I've come to this conclusion, if one cannot trust God with money, how can you entrust him with your heart? You know, because money can always come back. But a broken heart, or families, or those really important things in life. If we want to trust God with all sorts of things, let's condition our hearts to trust him also with, with money. Let us not be ashamed to talk about money. Let us not allow guilt trip guides to take one on a, some sort of a Judas Iscariot trip with, with money. Let us also be wise and go for investments in the kingdom. You can invest in all sorts of things. An investment is always, there's an element of risk to it. But as I said, it's also an expectation of return on investment. So, and, and yes, it's been, particularly when, when things are not normal, and when the word to you is, so in a time of famine, it's very, it's, it's wonderful. It's always nice to hear that crystal clear ringing of the Holy Ghost, walking or being, doing my own thing, so in a time of famine. This is nice. I've heard God. Yes, I do it. But, you know, after a while, it, 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 it does become a bit testing. But then, he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds will not reap. So it's a faith exercise. It is sometimes an exercise of hope against hope. It is not always an exercise of seeing. But believing results in seeing, but seeing is not always believing. So uh, then, if, if I may boast in the cross, then some time ago I, I yielded to a desire that, <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit on my, put in my heart for to for this business of, of making investments. So my niece is, she's not here, so I can speak about her. My niece is, um, one of my nieces, uh, she's very precocious in understanding what the promise of God is in her life and to go for that against, not an irresponsible manner, but as I said, in a precocious manner, very precocious. The things that she's done in her early youth uh, are actually staggering. But I realized that, and then I had this desire to, to because um, herself and uh, her husband, they are very young. Uh, they were serving as youth pastors in, in a church in, 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 in the Eastern Cape. And so I had this disaster to invest in them. And I told them that. When they discovered that we gave them something, because people discover things, I said, okay, it's okay, you can thank me, but be this known, this is an investment. And I was quite blasé about that. So this is not that long ago. And then recently, how things worked out is that herself, my precocious niece, and her husband, they were appointed as, as a pastors of a well-established church in the Eastern Cape, and I know that they will make a great success of that. But even now, as I can see that my investment has paid off some dividends, it puts some extra pressure on me now to invest in them also in intercession and prayer, because leading people and being responsible for people is something that requires a lot of grace and a lot of wisdom. So my investment is there. It had an effect, but now the investment even goes beyond uh, money. So that is, that is just an example of that I would like to encourage us to, to go for investments in the kingdom with a sure expectation of reward in our investments. Something else is in 1 Timothy 5.17, it says, Those elders who rule well, and who labor in the word are worthy of double honor. So I'm sure that I'm not going to mention names. Uh, 
but there's the Holy Ghost, and I'm speaking with people who are of sound mind and are intelligent. So if you've been blessed by a person who labors in the Word, the Holy Spirit loves that. The Word is the most important thing. You know, hobnobbing at church, socializing. Christians call that fellowship. That's wonderful. It's nice. I'm quite a sociable fellow. But so much hobnobbing and fellowship, and that's all nice. But, you know, you can have those things at other places as well. Even mutual relief. People who help you in times of need. When you've got a flat tire, you can phone. I can, I, I can actually think of a number of people from other religions that I can phone when I'm in a, in a tight spot. You know, because everyone has been created in the glory of God. So you'll find nice people all around. Uh, and they will come to your assistance. They won't send you an invoice. But the word is the first thing. It's the first thing. So it's not important the configuration of the church, the dress code, the quality of the hobnobbing, the niceties of the bride afterwards. Yes, those things are nice, and one should never feel bad about that. Never feel bad about that. And as we speak, I'm actually, my mind is running and thinking and scheming about these things. And when they, and we were robbed during lockdown about that, it was a holy disgust that one had in order not to, to, to socialize. But the word is the first and the last thing. And one, one, once one should know that you've been encountered with a person that has brought that double blessing of the word to you, is in Ephesians 4, in the equipping ministries, the fivefold ministries or the like when it's spoken about that, it says they will have an effect to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that they're no longer tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine. Now I can tell you, many of you have, lo- have, have, have perhaps lost that idea of being tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine. It is not a pleasant thing to be tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine. That is one, one uh, manifestation or, yes, that, that there's a proper ministry of the word. Together with that, a love of the word. A love of the word in public and also in private because it will stir desire. And by the way, I am interested in today mainly you know, stirring desires to go after promises and to receive. So, and all things. But as I've said earlier, it's, <clears throat> if one cannot trust God in unrighteous mammon, it's difficult to entrust your true heart to him. So, a person who has ministered the word to you and a love of the word in this as contemplated always uh, in 1 Timothy 5.17, those elders who rule well, it will also have an effect on one's private life. That you go, like Priscilla and Aquila, they had that effect on, uh, this also mentioned in Acts 17. That people go and check out the scriptures for themselves, develop a love for the word in themselves. Because that's when you become a disciple. If you stay in my word, you will know the truth. The truth will set you free and you will bear much fruit. So that is, there's not enough of that in the wider body of Christ. So that is also a worthy cause of investment, double investment. So what that means, if one hadn't hadn't, had a mind to, to invest five rand, then if you take God upon his word, you can even invest ten rands. Okay, be that as it is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to change the liturgy that we don't do a, an offering now, but it is in your minds, and you will see that I first want to address some things so that we can receive earlier from and easier from God. And we will do... Uh, communion, and then in either uh, sequence is to receive from God and to make an investment. Because the reason why you can make an investment is because you've received from God. So that's, that's the reason for, for, for that. Okay. Now, this thing of the promises, receiving the promises from God, 
there, it is, as I've said earlier, that there is some, some, some skill and some, some knowledge that makes it easier to receive from God. Because ignorance is only bliss in sin. But in the matters of God, ignorance is not bliss. It's not complicated. The word is near us. Today is the day of salvation. Open the word and you can discover some things. But there are some doors or some walls that need to be roundhouse kicked out of, out, of, out of the way that can stand in your way of receiving. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The conscience, the cleaning of the conscience is the work of the blood. Yes, one can confess sins, and I'm not saying that one should be ruthless about sin. You know, that is just an empty accusation. So anyone that emphasizes the work of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, to say, no, but you guys um, don't talk about sin, so therefore you like sin. That is just an evil, uh, an evil accusation or a silly accusation that one should not entertain. Those things rob you from God. So we're not in the business of, of, of partaking from the fruit of death. We want from, to receive what Jesus died for. So this business of a clean conscience, the blood of Jesus, and I want us to start being conscious of that because in 1 Corinthians 11 it states that whenever you partake of the communion, the broken body of Jesus or the blood, think of me, be mindful of me. So I want to work with the Holy Ghost at this stage to make each and every one of you mindful in your mind of Jesus, the one who wants to give to you. Remember, God loves to give. God loves to give. It says in Luke 12 says, do not be afraid, little flock. It's my Father's pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. God wants to give. And there are many things. Those things that he promised, he did not do that just to be a liar. But many of those things still need to be downloaded, and we need to receive those things. So let's be mindful of that one who cleans our consciences so that we can, we can receive. First Corinthians 3 explains, uh, beg your pardon, uh, 1 John 3, explains this very, very well. Uh, it says, verse 20 to about, say, 22, and uh, I shall be reading from the Amplified. Let me read from, from the King James. It's much quicker. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if a heart condemn us, God is greater than a heart and, know, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if a heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing to him. And this is his commandment. This is the easy commandment, that we should believe on the name of Jesus Christ and love one another. So believing on Jesus and loving people, because you first love and then you pass on love, it has been made, it's not, a, it's not something which is not achievable or receivable, if there's such a word, but there's also always a time and a place for uh, poetic liberties. So you'll bear with me. And there might be one or two of those things coming. It says, For when our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us, he is above and beloved, if our consciences, verse 20, 21 in the Amplified, beloved, if our consciences, our hearts, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have got confidence, we have confidence, complete assurance and boldness before God. That gives you boldness to receive your promises. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commands. And his command is to love him. So that is... A wall, a lie that I would like to address here very firmly. Feelings of guilt, self-accusation. Those things stand in the way of receiving. And what qualifies your conscience to receive from God is not the lack of bad behavior in the presence of good behavior. Yes, bad behavior is not, you know, to go and do stupid things to attack your conscience. 
it is just counterproductive or stupid. But that's not good enough. Because what about those things which you've done wrong that you don't know about? What you haven't confessed about? So you can't put your confidence in your confession. You need to put the confidence and expectation in the blood of Jesus. When you go to that communion later, go with that. That makes my, it makes me worthy. It makes my conscience clear. And I can receive from God. So today is a day of fast-track promises. Today is a day also of mountains becoming mount, uh, these. Um, yes, yes, let's go for them, that one. Yes, right into the sea. Today is also the day of fig trees. Plucked out, thrown into the sea. And this is a very easy thing. Because we're going to take God upon his word. I'm not going to say have faith and then you think, oh, I need to have faith. What do I need to do? I need to work myself up. Yes, hear the word because the word is clear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And only a mustard seed is enough to do extraordinary things. But God is making it easier for us today. It's like a special offer. <laughs> it's a special offer. And I'm not saying that with disrespect. Is the invitation is, take me upon my word. Take me upon my word. Father, I pray that words that you've given, promises that you've, that you've executed, that, you've, that it will be resuscitated now in the minds and the hearts of people. Things where disappointments and hurts, and it's been taken back, that it will be resuscitated. Thank you, Lord. Because Abraham believed because he hoped against hope. But he had a promise. Okay. So we're going to go with the expectation when the communion is there. It leaves one's mind open. Open. And God is the one who cares for his, for his word. You know, uh, Shakespeare said in Hamlet, conscience makes cowards of us all. Now, for those who might think that I've just made it up, I haven't done so. It's in Hamlet, Acts 3 and Scene 1. For those who think that I'm quoting Shakespeare, there's no probative value to that. I'm just doing that and because I'm having fun, and it's good to see that ordinary people acknowledge that what God teaches. Because... A defiled conscience makes a coward. A blood conscious makes boldness, makes heroes of the faith of us all so that one can receive. So we're not going to be cowards. We're going to be bold. We're going to receive, and it's going to be by the blood of, it's going to be blood by, by the blood of Jesus. Now, uh, a case study or a person that was bold. And he was bold in expectation of the blood of Jesus, who in his day and age was only an expectation then. The Holy Spirit has not been put out, but there was an expectation. And that is Caleb. Now, one can learn from, 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 from Caleb. And um, Caleb's uh, case study is well explained in Psalm 78. Uh, Numbers 13, Joshua 14, and other places. I'm not presenting an exhaustive list. I'm just sharing from from what uh, I've discovered where it helps one to receive. And Caleb received his promise. Uh, Please check it out. Whatever your promise is, and I want to emphasize promises in this day. I've gone through finance. Let's go into family. Let's go into future. Anything that starts with the F. Or with A or a Z, for that matter. Um, but we'll get this thing of tormenting self-accusations out because there's a fake religion about that. You know, we, we, we hear a lot about fake news, but that is fake gospel, that you need to go and feel very bad about yourself. You know, God is not a, a person that needs to look strong because you are so weak. He's not, he doesn't show off his wisdom because... He likes to revel in you, your stupidity to be manifested. He knows that. And he doesn't want one to be that. He wants to share his wisdom. He wants to share his, 
his, his, his strength and his power. That's why he sent his son. That is fake, fake gospel, fake news. So I want also to, to dispel that fake news. And let's dispel and deal with that with the aid of Joshua. Uh, Psalm 78. Very, very quickly uh, to deal with some of those things. And to see how we can be tricked. Uh, in Joshua 14, he spoke that he took his promise. Whatever your promise is, uh, Caleb went for his promise. He received his promise. But he said that his, his, his brothers that went with him made the hearts of the people melt. So if there's one thing that by the grace of God that I don't want to do now is for your heart to, to go weak. Your heart should be encouraged. Hebrews is clear. When you get together, when you meet together, is to encourage one another. Not to take you on guilt trips. Not to make you feel like a caterpillar. Numbers 13, Caleb wrote, was mentioned that the brothers, his brethren, those were well-meaning people. They made the hearts of the people melt. They made them feel like caterpillars in the face of the enemies. The enemies which stood between them and their promises, between the promised land. And that is an indication. So what I'm saying is we should be very careful for words that keep you in the wilderness, going about in circles. And it's like, it's like a theme park that doesn't stop. But it's actually not fun. And it, it, it doesn't look nice to anyone from outside. And actually then, you know, it puts people off from God. So God is there to edify one. Humility, proper humility, has got nothing to do with you or with a person being crushed to feel like a caterpillar, like uh, Caleb mentioned. But it's to edify us, to take up our point, our seat in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, to have that dignity to know that I'm a priest and a king in this life, and that my word matters. And that when I have conversations, I will not insult God. I will not bring his esteem down. I will speak his, his words, because my words matter. And it says, yeah, uh, verse 19, Psalm 78. Let me rather go for the Amplified, because it sounds less silly to my ears. Yeah. And they tempted God in the hearts by asking for food according to their selfish design appetite. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness. Verse 21. Can he provide flesh for his people? Verse 20. 21. Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. It, it upset God when people spoke, taking faith out of your heart, stealing your promise at your heart. Can this really happen? God promised you a family. Can it really happen? You know, there's age. Uh, Sarah also had an age difficulty. And I'm not saying that we should go there. But, because uh, faith is something which is progressive, yeah. Uh, whatever robs you of your promise. It's often in Christian conversations. And there are doctrines to that effect. You know, God's timing and this and that. And there might be some truth in all those things. The moment when words come to you that reduce you, make you feel like a caterpillar, I would say it's abundantly clear from Joshua 14, Numbers 13, Psalm 78, and lots of other things. And I'm not quoting Shakespeare for probative value in this, this case. I'm <laughs> quoting the very word of God, and let every word be established by two or three witnesses. Say, so those things rob you. It defiles the conscience. It helps one to accuse yourself, to feel bad about yourself. And then 1 John 3 is explicit. You don't receive, or it's very difficult to receive. 
Therefore, we've got the blood. But let's go for the blood and let's avoid these other things that keep us back. So, uh, and it says, therefore, the Lord heard this. So, Father, I pray that our hearts will be filled with your word. It says that, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So, one thing that one can do about that is to store up the word of God in your heart. Those promises, whenever there's a promise, prophetic, you've received it, however it entered into your heart, just go into the scriptures and go and find yourself two or three witnesses. Write it down. Then you're in any event compliant that it is not just that you concoct. But there will be many. I can assure you. If it's from God. You know, and, and prophecies also clean. Commit your ways to God and he will help your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. It's not hard. God works in us, Philippians 2.13, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So those healthy pleasures, those healthy promises, it's from God. It is not that you are engaged in some sort of a, a fantasy TV series or that you are just thinking about things. It's from God. He is the promise keeper. He wants to give. He says, it is my pleasure to give unto you my kingdom. And the kingdom is something which we understand the, the Bible itself defines it as righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness goes into the righteous, it's bold. The righteous, the fruit of, the effect of, of, of righteousness, I'm deviating for a minute, but just to demonstrate that, uh, Isaiah 32, it's peace in the house. Happy, peaceful, peaceful uh, family lives. Let, let me take something from, from, uh, because I've given myself the permission to interrupt myself, from, back from, from giving. It says in First Thessalonians 4, let this be your ambition, to work with your own hands. Yes, a time of famine can come where you cannot work with your own hands. Then Psalm 33 states, I shall uphold you in a time of famine. But let that be your desire, to work with your own hands, to live peacefully and peaceably, that you may lack nothing, It brings glory to God when we lack nothing so that you may know how to comport yourself towards outsiders. Um, That, I'm sure that that nexus or that linkage will be made now. But then rather to go to save up words in one's heart, it says in Psalm 119 verse 11, For I will save your word in my heart so that I do not sin. And what is sin? Sin is just unbelief. John chapter 16. That's in the first and the last uh, last analysis. It is not believing in God. Yes, it can have various and numerous and manifold um, manifestations. And we don't want to go there because we're not those who want to have a sin-conscious, guilty, guilty mind. So let's not go for that. But to store up the word of God in one's heart. So... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Then that one can rather have conversations where God hears, like those who travel to Emmaus. You know, Jesus was walking with them. He's overheard their conversations. Then also in Malachi 3.16, the other day when Herod put me on the spot, that was the scripture. God overheard them talking. (laughs) And then he blesses that. You know, God responds to his word. Uh, he looks out after his word. He acts upon his word. We can speak his words. We can avoid things. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Avoid bad company corrupts good morals. But Jesus had some very unsavory friends. I'm not saying that we should go for unsavory friends. Look, he had an effect on, upon them, and then they are mentioned uh, in, in the dispatches or in the scriptures with honor. What I'm, I'm taking some poetic justice or a liberty there, rather, and say that that undermines who you are in Christ, the promises of God, and the, avoid that. Avoid fake news, fake gospel. It's a way of robbing of robbing one. So Lord, I pray that we will have discernment and the opportunity to graciously just 
not lend our ears out to that type of thing. That we'll take care of our hearts. What goes into our hearts. Okay, so that one can rather speak those things to help you to get to the promise. Okay, there are many more things. Um, and just touching on this thing of, of uh, taking God upon his word. Uh, Jeremiah 1. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you see? So this thing of seeing things is an effect of the word. So I'm asking you, what do you see? Lord, I pray that you'll help everyone now with sound minds and that they will see in accordance with your word. Promises. God wants to resuscitate. Because he is the promise keeper. He's not a liar. In your family... In your future, I've started with, with finances because that's the easy thing. But on those hard things, those things which, where you need to hope in the face of unhope, if there's such a word. Like Abraham, Romans chapter 4. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. God wants to perform his word. Thank you, Lord. We'll put those, those caterpillar words, those doubting things, the dirty consciences, or the self-accusation consciences. That also goes for mistakes, genuine mistakes that one has made in this life. So listen, who would take up the Sunday morning and listen to a person and say, it's okay, go and make mistakes, or just have just be stupid. No, it's not that. But mistakes happen. So particularly, I would like to, 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 to speak and, and speak the blood of Jesus to consciences which are accusing you right now and then for mistakes that you've done in your, in your youth, in marriages, in families, in finances, in relationships. Even mistakes in relationships with people who are no longer walking the face of the earth. Those things should not accuse you. The blood of Jesus is stronger than that. Okay? It's not Abel, Cain and Abel that there's a call for, for vengeance. Jesus paid the price. His blood paid the price for those calls of, of vengeance. He's paid it. That's humility receive it. And he says, watching over my word to perform it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 says, pray that the word of the Lord will run swiftly. God is not tardy in his word. One thing about God is he's very predictable. And I'm not, I'm not uh, being engaging in blasphemy because predictable can sound boring. No. Reliability, and I'm not going into high school English. Uh, reliability and predict predictability, those things are synonymous. You know, if you can rely upon a person, you can predict. God is not capricious. does one thing one day, one day is in a healing mood, one day is in, a, in another mood. No, he's not arbitrary. He acts upon his word. So we can actually, when we go to God's word, we believe the word, we stand on that word, we speak it that our ears can hear it, we're in conversations where we speak his words. He comes and he does surveillance. He listens into our conversations. In Psalm 78, that's not the way that our conversations are going to be. We're rather going to be like those who travel to Emmaus or to those in Malachi 3.16. And it, God watches out of his word to perform it. That the word of the Lord will run swiftly and be glorified. Then... Uh, Circling back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, where we started. Let us hold fast the profession of our hope without wavering, for he is faithful 
that promised. Okay. That is what I believe that God wants us to do now, is to take him up in his promises. When you go and partake of communion, uh, I believe that it's some sort of, a, I'm not being frivolous, but it's some sort of the packaging is a bit more funky. Uh, but you will work it out for yourself. Let the funkiness not be the focus of the mind. This promise of Jesus, go for that. It makes our conscience clear. We can hear. We can receive promises and we can speak mountains into the sea. And all of us are about to see the best days of our lives. The best days of our lives. He's the one that addresses the caterpillar. That that has stolen opportunities, lives. Things are not over. If there's any expectation in your body for health, in your family, for the relationships, those things are not over. Accusations are done because those things stand in the place for that. Even if you are the guilty party, so be it. Jesus paid the price. Boom. It's your your record has been uh, exactly exactly that. It's been rescinded. It's there's no record. That's also when one wants to confess. Yes, one John one seven is very clear. Confess, verse nine. It's beautiful. Do that, but confess more the blood of Jesus, because lo and behold, before you confess something which God has already forgotten. Why do you do that? So, but there's one thing that we have forgotten that is faithful to his word and that his blood puts us in a position to receive. Okay. Give me five more minutes. I just want to do a couple of adverts, advertisements for promises. Can I do that? Okay. Buti, are you okay? Are you bored? No, you don't have to answer me. <laughs> you don't have to answer me. Right. Let's go from... From, it's just an example. Let's go from, from finances to family. Isaiah 65. And you've got your own promises. I've got places uh, where I wrote down promises. And once I've started writing it down, uh, it just doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. And every now and then I think when I read something, I think, no, I haven't seen this one. Then I go back um, and then I write it down again and then I tick it off again like if it's fresh. Uh, there are promises. Go into the scripture. You know, you can even go and... No, I'm not saying that. But it's like, it's like, it's like a tattoo in your hand. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I don't. No, I, look, I don't want to offend social mores. Um, but that's, it's like that. Go for those things. Let it be. And there are many things. But I've asked for five minutes, and let's go into Psalm 65. The topic is family. Because uh, Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm sure there will be something in 65. There is something. Oh, you here pray, to who shall all flesh come? Blessed, happy, fortunate is he. Envy it is a man who chooses and cause you to come near, that he may dwell in your courts and the like. Okay, time for fun is always there. But let's go into Isaiah 65. I'm sort of them that asked not for me, and I'm found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me. God, even before we ask him, I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask, he hears. So let's, let's ask him, all areas. And he says, and they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall enjoy the work of their hands. 
They shall not labor in vain. They shall not labor in vain or bring forth children for sudden terror or calamity, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. He has a promise of godly grandchildren, if I'm speaking correctly. And I'm not engaging in one of my Shakespeare stories with, with, with fun stuff. This is just the pure word of God. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And whilst they are yet speaking, I will hear. So speak the promises. God will hear them. That is just one, one, one thing. Then they shall not labor in vain or bring forth children for sudden terror or calamity, for they shall be descendants of the most blessed. We, the expectation of the righteous will not be fear. Any form of fear I'm addressing now. Because I'm just going through, you know, if one doesn't know what to do, go through uh, Isaiah 61, and you go through those promises. Go through Isaiah 53. Those are the very promises of Jesus. Just go through them. And... Let God's will be done in your life. It's not shame. It's not blame. It is not hurt. It's clear about those things. It's, 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 it's very clear. Uh, but fear is also, you know, one can have taken what we discussed today. We, one can have many, many, many hours on this. There's so much probative material of stuff from the scriptures that one can demonstrate that. Jesus spoke about how the word gets choked. So what I spoke about today is not contrary to what Jesus said, by the way, is to have the word unchoked. You know, we, we know the, the, the proverb of the sower. That's how the word gets choked. And, but we want the word to be unchoked. But fear, care, worry, those things do have a choking effect on the word. It does have a choking effect on the word. So, and what, anything that brings fear. Address it. But those who hearken to me shall dwell securely in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. And shall be quiet from fear of evil. So I want to address that as well. Any fear of evil, evil expectations, fear of the future, fear of, of, of growing old alone. Fearing of pain or shame to be visited. Those things are addressed here and now. That is not. Let's not have evil expectations. Have expectations that God's will will be done. In all sorts of ways. Uh, Isaiah 54. Those have got children say that all your children will be taught by the law and be established in abundance of peace. That is, I'm just doing advertisements, but you see one can go through these things and go for it. That's an expectation that your children will not break your heart. They will not visit you with sudden terror when they phone you, when you're grown up, when they're grown up. It's not that what is this person has done? Good news. That one will have an expectation of good news. These are the type of things that I would like to, to say that there will be no expectation of sudden terror, of bad news, of fake news. We'll expect good things from, from God. Then, how do we keep our hearts with all diligence? We store the word of God. We dust off those, those promises. We go for them. And we fear... As, as, as present as a choking agent, Philippians 4, 6, I think, yes, says, be, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God, and the peace of God will surpass us. All understanding will run your heart. So when you go to that communion, expect the blood of Jesus to have an effect on your heart to receive. Be thankful. Lord, I also pray that things, small and big things, Material and spiritual things, things which we are thankful for, that it will fall into our minds now, that we will have food for thankfulness. It's not that I'm engaging in trickery, 
But then I am in a certain way because I know if you, as you are mindful about those things and you thank God that peace comes. Because remember, Jesus said, do not fear, little flock. It's my Father's pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. And also in Luke 17 of those leapers or lepers, there's one who, who came back and thanked Jesus. And then he got more. So thankfulness is counted as taking me upon my word. That is God now. Um, it is a way of God counts that as faith. And he responds to faith. There is surely an expectation that is coming. So let thankfulness go. Guilt trips. Forget about those things. Let the blood take accusations away. Let thankfulness grow that you'll receive with an expectation to receive more. It's my Father's pleasure to give unto you the kingdom, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of joy. Where there's depression and sadness, Lord, I pray for the love of righteousness to take those things away. Don't feel bad about those things. I'm just addressing that, that the joy of the Lord is... A, is, is it's like honey to the, the soul, that it will address those things. Like we've said that the fruit of righteousness or the effect of righteousness is peace in the house, that one can make peace with people, expect these things. It's the Father's pleasure to give unto this, to us the kingdom. And also he knows that we need those things, which he supplies so graciously to the birds of the air. All things. Then... Let thy, thy word I've had in my heart that I might not sin against you. To treasure the word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I might live and keep thy word. Verse 70. Deal bountifully with your servant that I might live and will observe your word. Hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. So let the word of the Lord run swiftly and be glorified. Let those promises be expedited, be fast-tracked. Today is the day of receiving. Jesus made it possible. He is easy to receive from. You can say thank you, then you get more. Okay, it, it sounds like silly stuff, but that is, that is Luke chapter 17 things. And let us go away from anything that makes us cowards. It, irrespective in whatever respectful garment it's presented. Because Jesus said in Luke 18 that men should not, or that people should not grow coward, but that, that they should pray. So pray for boldness to receive your promises for this life. Today is the day of the fulfillment of promises. Let they be expedited, that they will be fast-tracked and the like. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so um, Lawrence will help me with, 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 the giving, with the giving stuff. I think I haven't messed up the liturgy, liturgy so, so much. And then there will be communion there. And let's go with an expectation to receive. If there's anyone that wanted to, to agree with me for any promise, or you just want prayer, or prophecy, or what, anything, let's, let's go for that. Uh, let me share a little example. I've stretched that five minutes, but it would appear that everyone is still okay. <laughs> is the last time that I, that I preached here, as I walked in, I mentioned to the Lord, I said, this is a good word. I would like you to confirm that with, I like words of knowledge. Because, you know, many people can fake things, but a word of knowledge, you can't fake it. And it, it offends religious people of, of the unhealthy sort. Tremendously. Because how can you concoct it? No, you can't concoct it. But when my mind is touched by the Holy Spirit's mind, I, it is the biggest Gold Reef City rush that I know of. I, I just love it. And, and, uh, and then one thing is God calls people by their names. I know people say, I know my name. Why, why is my name... Because God calls you in your name. It's as simple as that. And as I walked in there, a name from, from Walt Disney, I'm not going to mention which one, 
dropped into my mind, and I thought, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but then, you know, the blood of Jesus makes you bold. And I thought that the, the, there's a certain sister who attends this church, and if she had, uh, if, if I knew that if, if she were in attendance, it would have been a difficulty because it, it would have caused some embarrassment for me. And then I forgot about that. And as, as, we, as we started prophesying the likeness with this one gentleman, you're just a guest. And I asked, and I said, look, the intention is, not, is a serious guy. And I asked him, uh, the intention is not to be silly. But do you know this person? And the person, I'm not going to repeat it, but it's from Walt Disney. And it's as if he got an electric shock. And then I was humbled. You know, God knows what he's doing. The intention is not to be silly or the like. So uh, I just like those things to be placed in a position to do that. We, we, we can go for that. And then what I will also, whenever I'm in a fix, it happens from time to time. My, my, my intention and my planning is to avoid it, but it does happen. Is I agree with my wife. I ask her to, to make a decree or a pronouncement. And then things happen. So um, I'm not putting Irma on the spot, but I'm just inviting her with me. That If you've got a promise, you can go. I'll ask her to join me. Just make, you can even mention that to her, that there will be a simple pronouncement or a decree, and surely things get done. Remember, this guy who sowed in a time of famine got an increase a hundredfold in that year. The days are scarce. You know, we are on the 11th or in the penultimate month of, of the year. It's only God who can make things happen in such a short time. So let us expect from him. Let's have huge mouths that we can eat from him and the like. Okay. Uh, amen. Luani. In Psalm 26, the psalmist writes that even if my mother or my father forsake me, God says that he won't forsake you. There are some people here that, you know, they've got fears that as they perhaps grow old that they will do so lonely. That expectation is not from, from God. God sees desires. He sees hearts. He will make a way where there seems no way. So let's partake of that communion. And then I invite you with confidence and with happiness to make some investments in the kingdom with a sure expectation for return on investment. That is the word of God. Uh, if you've got difficulty with it, you know, you take Google. These days, anyone can check out the scriptures in a jiffy. And you can see that this is truly the word of God. Make investments with an expectation. Those investments can't run away at the next Black Swan event. Um, I thank you kindly. Thank you for your patience. And, um, yeah, that the word of the Lord will not be void that it will return and run swiftly. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you guys.